This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Hello friends, family, church. Uh, welcome. I trust you've already been welcomed through all the announcements. And uh, we just miss a lot of you, especially all the students that's sitting all over uh, the nation and even in other nations. And we trust it's going well with your studies. We trust you're keeping online and you're focused. And uh, yeah, it's uh, just great to, to be able to be part of a bigger family and to know that even we can connect online in, in so many ways and uh, share with each other. We're excited about the Knowing Our Father series that we've been going through. More than 500 people has enrolled and they're busy and uh, small groups still zooming in and connecting. And we're also looking forward to the leaders meeting. So uh, let's connect with each other and uh, and let's really also encourage each other in this time. I think a lot of people have gone through uh, a time of uh, sort of really embracing the lockdown at the beginning, the first couple of weeks. And now it's almost like people are feeling very frustrated, tired. You can almost um, see, especially people that do not know the law, that are becoming very negative and just slandering and oh just a lot of stuff that's going on so try to keep yourself out of all the news and all the uh, social media that can become very negative uh, because if we open our ears only to that uh, we will we will just have an atmosphere of fear and um, so I want to talk tonight about this specific issue um, and it's sort of a scripture that we get in Isaiah that Isaiah prophesied about the heart of God and the theme for this evening is the anointing that breaks the yoke, the anointing that breaks the yoke and so I want to pray for us that the Lord will open up our hearts and especially in these next two weeks as we're leading up to Pentecost, uh, we're going to talk a lot about the, the working of the Holy Spirit. You know, without the Holy Spirit, there is just no way we can have a proper relationship with God. You can have an intellectual pursuit or a knowledge pursuit, um, but even reading scripture in itself, if you don't read it to get to know God, you're going to get into trouble because then it's going to become knowledge and it's going to puff up. It's going to lead to spiritual pride and almost like a superiority. And we have all, always have to guard ourselves against spiritual pride. We all fall into that trap because we think like, oh, yeah, yeah, we worship better than the church around the corner. Or we have better this. Or our background in our online services is better than or whatever, you know. Or the, at least the flowers are real. They're not fake, you know. So um, let's not compare ourselves, but let's press into the Lord. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this word. Thank you that we can sit around your word and that your word will never return empty to you. Never void, Lord. Because it, it will accomplish in the thing that you have sent it for. It will prosper. Thank you that it's like rain, Lord. It's like seed in our hearts and it produces fruit. Even tonight we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to catch up or start with uh, Isaiah. And Isaiah prophesied this prophecy in Isaiah chapter 10 verse 27. And later on he said the same in Isaiah chapter 14. Let's read Isaiah chapter 10. He says, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Uh, in Isaiah 14, he says, The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely I have thought, so it shall come to pass, and as I have purposed, so it shall stand, that I will break the Assyrian in my land, and on my mountains tread him underfoot. Then his yoke shall be removed from them, and his burden removed from their shoulders. The picture I want to draw here is 
um, this massive Assyrian army. And what would happen many times, remember the towns or the cities, uh, was uh, there was a big wall and there were watchmen on the wall. Uh, Nehemiah rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. So it's a beautiful picture of what is happening and what the church should look like. We should have walls around us. But what would happen with this um, Assyrians especially and with lots of the other nations, the Amalekites and the Parasites, all the sites you know that, that we see in the Old Testament, what would happen is many times they were not strong enough to break through the walls. But even they would come and sort of encamp around this city for even up to three or four years. And what they would make sure of is that there would be no fresh things, no livelihood, no food, no water that would come into the city. Uh, they would sort of guard this whole city and make sure nobody comes in or out. And then they would put this yoke on. They would make sure, you know, and eventually this city would like really have no more food left, no more fresh water. Many of them dug wells and, you know, um, and then eventually they had to give up because they would even, you know, just die of starvation. So it was a very slow process many times or the armies would encamp around these walls. And this is the yoke that Isaiah talks about especially when he talks about the Assyrian yoke. And so obviously that's a natural picture, but especially in this time in our lives, exactly the same can happen. You know, what can happen is the devil can put a yoke on our lives. And uh, the Lord said his yoke is easy, his burden is light. And he referred to an ox that had a yoke over his neck and where we pull together with him uh, and we we've labored together with him, we work together with him. Uh, it's not us trying to do things for God, but we're doing things with God. And so there's these pictures in the Old Testament, because remember we have to look at the Old Testament many times and how God dealt with the Old Testament, because that's a shadow or a type of the thing that was to come. Jesus, that would reveal himself and the Father's heart to us and uh, break every yoke over our lives. And so Isaiah prophesied this and he said, look, yeah, I, 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 God is going to destroy that yoke that these armies put on you, uh, the oppression. And even in Jesus' time, the Romans oppressed the, the Jews. And it's so important, you know, that now as we as the spiritual uh people of God and the nation of God today that the devil tries to put yokes on us and so we're going to look at that how does that work and how you know what type of yokes can we have especially in this time of lockdown there's a lot of people that are isolated there's a lot of people that are afraid of their future the way people talk to each other and uh, sometimes people feel very lonely they feel trapped it's just you and you sitting you know working very hard and maybe your family doesn't know the lord uh, so it's really tough and then what begins to happen especially in our minds we begin to take yokes upon ourselves what if what if i'm going to make this yeah, not going to make this year. What What if my finances are going to fail? What if, you know, all the what ifs. And so let's look at the first one that I want to focus on. And I'm going to look at the life of David. Because David, you know, David was the shepherd's boy. Um, he was out in the fields and the army was fighting against these massive giants, you know, Goliath. We all know the story. And so what would sometimes happen is even people around us that really loves us, uh, because of the challenges that they are in, they would put a ungodly yoke on us. And that would be through accusation, intimidation, uh, slander, condemnation. You know, sometimes people want to take their issues and 
put it on us and and we're not supposed to allow that and listen to what happened in David's life and we're going to read in 1st Samuel 17 verse 28 now Eliab that's not David's oldest brother heard when he spoke to the men and Eliab's anger was aroused against David and he said why did you come down here and with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness I know your pride and the insolence of your heart for you have come down here. And then he begins to talk about that. That's now when David joins the army. Goliath is standing on the other side. And he is busy talking against the people of God. And say where is your God? And who's going to fight against me? And so David comes on the scene. He just actually wants to bring food to his brothers. And now his older oldest brother says like. Who are you? You know. What is your opinion? What, what have you got to say, you little man? You know, Where's those few sheep that you are busy with? Because even what you're busy with is really not spiritual and it's not significant. And just go back to where you come from. And then he accuses the, the sort of the, the condition of his heart. He says, I know your pride and the insolence of your heart. He says, you are arrogant. You are full of pride. You know, And that's exactly... Personally, how the devil starts to work with us, accusation, intimidation, pride, you know, you, you're just so full of this, you, you're worth nothing, look at what you did last week and how can God use you now, you know, and, and so remember, the devil sometimes talks in a voice that feels it's like our voice. And then we get into self-condemnation, self-pity. Uh, we really get weighed down by the thoughts that come up. And we must take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That's what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 1 to 5. He says, take the thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. So there's, a, there's sometimes an inner yoke that the devil wants to put on challenging us who we are in Christ. Challenging us, trying to intimidate us about the call of God on our lives, about what the Lord has said. You know, and it's so important that we do not listen to that. Because here for David it was his own brother. Isn't that a challenge? You know, the biggest brother, they were all lined up. David wasn't even called to be there when Samuel had to anoint the prophet. You know, the prophet had to anoint the new king. Uh, the father didn't even call David. You know, what an insult, you know. Uh, they, Samuel said, well, there is, where is, is these all the brothers? And so David wasn't even chosen in the lineup of who's the best. So he was the least of the least of the sons. Um and yet when he comes there, his older brother says like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just being here, who do you think you are? Yeah, I love it when God uses the who do you think you are? Because those people in any case never take the glory for themselves. They never, you know, because they just realize it's all God. But make sure in this time that there's no intimidation, there's no accusation, no condemnation. Romans 8 verse 1 says we have not received the spirit of condemnation. We've not received condemning is when when you allow uh, that a thing that comes into your life, a yoke that comes into your life that always makes you feel like you're a second class citizen. Always feels like yo, you know, I'm not worth it. I'm not. I'm not going to be used by God. God. God will never choose somebody like me. You know, and so the the second thing that begins to happen in in David's life, and we're going to read from verse 31. So let's just focus there in First Samuel. Chapter 17, verse 31. Uh, now when the words which David spoke were heard down, down to see the battle, and David said, What have I done now? Is there not a cause? And then he turned from him toward another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones that they responded to him, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. 
In verse 32, then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth. And he a man of war from his youth. <laughs> you know. So what begins to happen is there's a conversation. The nation is in fear. Every soldier, every person that is saying yes to, to God and that, you know, they, they've rolled Saul himself, the king, everyone is there. And here's little David and everyone, you know, their hearts are beginning to fail. You know, if, you, if your heart begins to fail, it means like you've lost hope, you've lost strength, you've lost that ability to see, to know, you know. And so uh, here there was a massive yoke of fear. And so David begins to ask this question, is there not a cause? I want to ask that same question for to you and, and for myself, you know, is there not a, the cause of Christ? Is there, through this coronavirus and everything that we're going through, there is a greater cause, the cause of Jesus, yeah? And he wants us to break yokes, uh, not just over our own lives, but over our families, over generations to come. And so uh, we have to focus and we have to ask, is there not a kingdom? And uh, I love what Jesus said. He said, it's my father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. God takes pleasure in it when you and I take on the enemy in our lives. So it's not just here personal, but suddenly there's a next level that this yoke wants, to, the devil wants to put yokes on our lives. It's a beautiful picture. But, but David is sort of like very innocent and childlike. And so don't lose your innocence. Don't lose your purity. Don't lose that vision that God has given us to really trust the Lord. Because what did God tell you? And go and listen to what he says. Yeah? <laughs> because even now Saul comes um, and Saul says, oh, you're not, you can't go against this for he's huge and and you know what you're just a young boy and and he's been from when he was a young boy he was a soldier and then what Saul tries to do is Saul says okay okay take my armor and so he tries to put his own armor on David and he doesn't fit it's just this picture of this massive big armor because Saul was quite a big guy um, he was huge that's why the people chose him to be as king they looked in the flesh uh, and they try to they try to satisfy them in the flesh because they wanted to compete with all the other kings and show them like yo yeah, look at the the amazing beautiful handsome king and big king that we have you know and God didn't want that um, and here's this little uh, you know shepherd boy that wasn't good looking and but he had such a heart after God and so so Saul tried to put the works of the flesh his own armor on David and it just didn't fit you know and we all know the story eventually David went to the brook he found time with God chose enough stones not just for Goliath but also for his brothers because scripture says there were some other brothers as well and uh, eventually David runs up against Goliath and he says you know I do not come to you in my own strength you know, I come to you in the name of the Lord of the hosts of the armies of heaven. Yo, I come to you in the name of the Lord of the armies, the God Shabbat, the one who rules and the one who reigns. But you know, there's, there's a great fear that the devil wants to put on people. Confusion, lies about the future in this time. And now it's time for the church to arise. It's now time for us to walk by faith and not by sight. But you have to cast off that yoke. You have to make sure that the weights and the sins that so easily ensnare us. And you can go and read Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 2. It says, Look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and went to sit at the right hand of the Father. So look to Jesus. It's time to look to Jesus, but we must also, as we run the race, cast off every weight, every yoke, 
every sin that so easily ensnare us. Sins we need to repent of. We need to turn away because it's so easy to try and get a substitute for the presence of God by sinning, by missing the mark of what God wants to do. Because God wants to speak to His people. He wants to speak to you and me and He wants us, you know, to, to release God's word over this nation. The fourth thing there, or the fourth slide, the fourth point, talks about a yoke of false prophecy, rumors, and then eventually that leads to isolation. Listen to this in Acts chapter 16, verse 16 to 18. Now it happened as we went to pray that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and he cried out saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to this spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. Here we see this picture in the New Testament of something that looked very spiritual, but it wasn't the yoke of Jesus. It wasn't what God wanted to do in that time. And so Paul and these guys are walking around, they're proclaiming the gospel, and here comes this lady that's busy following them, and, and, and she says stuff that is not like Hey, I warn you, these guys are from the pit of hell. They are demon-possessed. Run away from them. She actually praises them. Listen to what she says. She says, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Wow, it, it looks very spiritual. It, look actually, it looks amazing. And she did it for many days. But the, the Bible says she had a spirit of divination. There's some translations that actually use another word. They call it the spirit of Python. And it's, it's almost, it, it works like this. There is, and I'm going to get a bit spiritual now, there are, there are spirits at work. So everything that you and I are experiencing is not just always natural. And that's why Ephesians says we must do spiritual warfare. We must put on our armor. You know, we mustn't let go of our armor, of the sword, of the things God has given us to protect us. Because here Paul and them had discernment and they realized like this lady is proclaiming all the good stuff. She's saying all the nice stuff, but it's a false spirit. It's a false yoke. And we're not going to follow that. We, we, we're not going to go for the, the opinion of man or the fear of man in this stage. We're going to follow God. And so this was false prophecy and rumors. And, and today... You can almost say it's like a lot of conspiracy theories, slandering of people, a lot of stuff. It, it can cause so much distraction in your life. Look, look here, this is what's happening. Look here, this is what's happening. And all it does, it keeps, his, keeps you dis distracted and not focused on God. But the, the translation that talks about a python spirit, let's think about that. The other day we were... Um, going from this one guy where we dropped a lot of food and things, and there was this big puff adder, you know, a thick, lazy snake across the, the, the road, you know. And, and this thing um, just made me realize, you know, snakes, I don't like snakes. It's, you know, these people that have snakes in their houses, I can just imagine, you know, you, this is your pet, and this thing crawls up on you in the middle of the night, and he's here all over you. I will freak out, you know. There's no way I use a snake as a pet. But in any case, um, the, the thing is with this snake, with the python especially, and the spirit of divination is how it works. It slowly curls around you. And what does it do? 
if it if it goes around an animal or even a person uh, it, it just slowly cools around you while you're sleeping while you're not awake while you're not focused while you're not uh, vigilant um, what it then does it it's as it goes around you it begins to just pull tighter and tighter and it kills your breath that's what it does you know eventually you suffocate because you cannot breathe because of this thing that sort of pulls down on you it, it, it sort of forces itself in such a way that you feel like anxious you you can't properly breathe and this is what happens to a lot of Christians <clears throat> spiritually the devil guns for their spiritual breath guns for their freedom of the Holy Spirit and so Paul knew yeah and and I think I would have probably missed it <laughs> if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit I would have missed this whole opportunity because hey these lady this lady is talking well about us you know it's like amazing she's like proclaiming listen to this guy and everybody knows this lady so the whole town is going to come to the Lord but it wasn't born out of the Spirit and so Paul discerned it Paul took it on and she was delivered. It, ooh, lots of persecution came out of that because this guy uh, lost a lot of money. Uh, but that picture of how the devil slowly tries to steal our spiritual breath is so important. We must think about that. And that's why uh, we need a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And that's why this scripture that Isaiah prophesies in Isaiah 10 and 14, it says, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. What is the anointing? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so I want to encourage you, don't isolate yourself in this time. Don't let fear come upon you. Don't lose your spiritual breathing power. Don't just go for the natural. Don't, and especially how the devil works is he isolates us. He takes us away from fellowship, communion with God, the presence of God. And once you're isolated, he sets you up for offense. He sets you up for intimidation and accusation. Anything like, yeah, yeah, you know, nobody really cares about me. You know, I, you know, and then especially against the church, people in the church, leadership in the church, the devil always accuses. And then you begin to believe that because you think like, yeah, yeah, you know, I contact everybody, but nobody ever contacts me. Um, I have no friends, you know, I have more friends in the world than in the church. And then the lying starts, the isolation starts, but slowly but surely, you begin to listen to what the devil says and then your worship stops. Your praying stops. Everything around you. And this is, we, this is why we need a relationship with the Holy Spirit. He's there to help us because the first thing is you're not alone. He's, you can't be, you know, he's, he's not a liar. You, you can't be left alone. You can't be isolated when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. So in Isaiah chapter 11 verse 1 to 2. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of its roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of fear of the Lord. It talks about the seven folded spirit and we have this menorah that is uh, this picture that we see in the old testament of the the working of the holy spirit now isaiah already saw this you know and it's in isaiah 11 it's right between all these prophecies of the yoke that will be broken because of the anointing oil it was in the time of king hezekiah you know when there was great oppression great taxes all these assyrian armies lots of oppression heaviness things were put on them and then Isaiah says, hey, the anointing will be broken because of 
the yoke will be broken because of that. Listen to this in Isaiah 61. Later on he prophesied, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And they shall rebuild the old ruins, they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Isaiah already saw it, and later Jesus, in Luke chapter 4, quoted this scripture. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He waited 30 years before he could get into the temple. And there, when you were 30 years old, then you could read the scriptures. And this was the scripture Jesus read, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And I love it after that. Go read it. Luke 4, 18 to 20. It says, and he said this. He took the book. He put it down. He says, this day it is fulfilled. In this day it is happening right now. And then the ministry of Jesus started. Amazing, amazing picture. There's no, no chance with God. Because we can't do it without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And, and he promises these things. He says, I will proclaim the year of Jubilee. This is such a beautiful thing. Because every 49th, 50th year, all the slaves were set free in Israel. All the land that were, were, you know, were indebted and things that all the debt were wiped out. It's a year where slavery is gone. Everyone has an opportunity in that generation to start anew. And this is what Jesus came to do spiritually for us. And so let's, if you're struggling, pray this over yourself because that same Holy Spirit wants to break yokes, wants to bring liberty to the captives. He wants to heal the brokenhearted, opening of prisons. If you are in prison, say, Lord, open up these prison doors, you know, because, hey, God wants to restore the generations through our lives and and it's such a promise when we understand the holy spirit isn't just here to give us a little bit of comfort and to make us feel good it's actually to proclaim it's to set free to restore to bring to life it is just amazing and it is you know and i love what he also says he says the oil of joyful mourning the beauty of ashes beauty for ashes the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness and this is sort of what i want to end off because we need to put on a new garment. And, and so if you feel heavy, if you feel like downcast, depressed, intimidated, accused, isolated, the first thing you, and the most important thing that you must remember of everything I've said is don't stop worshiping. Put on the spirit of praise. Put on a garment of praise. You know, it's almost like taking on a, taking the old jacket off of heaviness and putting on a new garment. Put on the worship music. Don't isolate yourself. Get and force yourself to read the word. Read it out loud. You know, pray. You know, if your prayer life is dead, just start with 10 minutes. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. The Holy Spirit is here. The anointing of God is here to help me to pray. But break the silence over your life. Break the yoke over your life. Don't allow that python spirit to just choke the breath of God out of you. Because, you know, most people that even backslide, they do it over a long time. It's uh, they say like these frogs in this little, you know, container just heat it up little by little, and then they don't know, you know. Later on, they realize like we can't get out because it's it's just too hot. You know, the devil doesn't just come in a way like he comes to you and say, "You me, let's fight and see who's the strongest." No, he's a deceiver, and he works with offense and deception. And let's make sure 
that we put on the worship, worship, the garment, the prayer, the presence of God, fellowship, having vision, purpose, like David said, is there not a cause? You know, So make sure in this time, force yourself to connect with other Christians. Don't miss a Zoom meeting uh, you know, even if you feel like, oh, this is such a waste of time, you know, the people just talk so much nonsense. The power of fellowship, quinonia, is to come together and to, you know, just this week we had a live worship on Wednesday night and we're going to hopefully do it in two weeks again. You know, just, just, I was just weeping when I, when I just knew that there were more than, what, 130 people worshiping together and somewhere in KwaZulu Natal, you know, Elijah and some of those guys just, it's just, was just amazing, yeah, to know that we're all doing things together, you know, and it, it, that's what we have to do is you have to force yourself to connect, force yourself in this time. Don't get disfellowship. Don't get disconnected at this moment because that's when the devil starts to lie. And then especially, don't become quiet in your mouth. Speak of what the Lord is doing. Worship Him. Do it out loud. Put on the worship music in your break, in your house. Just make sure you are saturated with the presence of God because we don't want the devil to put a yoke on us. The devil wants to put a yoke on our nation of fear, confusion, lies, a lot of stuff at this stage. And there's also so many voices going around as to what should we do and how should we do it. And it's important that we that we make good decisions and responsible decisions, but not out of a place of heaviness, not out of a place of a reaction. It must always be because we're responding to what God is saying. We're obedient to what He is saying because He is in control. So I want to I want to pray for us that the Lord will guide you in this time, will give you strength in this week, and especially as we're going to in the evenings talk about the Holy Spirit. We are so excited about that. Uh, but listen carefully to the Lord and put on a garment of praise. Put on uh, the presence of God. You're not alone. Um, and break every yoke of slavery. Let me pray. Father, we want to thank you that we can come together and share these thoughts, Lord. And just like Isaiah prophesied, Lord, there's a seven-folded spirit. The spirit of wisdom, understanding, knowledge, revelation, counsel, fear of the Lord. Yeah, Lord, we thank you that it's your anointing that breaks the yoke. Lord, it's not because of our own strength or reasoning or fleshly desires or fleshly schemes. It's because of you and what you have done in our lives. So, Holy Spirit, we welcome you into our studies, into our work situation, into our relationships, into our families. Lord, break every yoke. Lord, every lie, every intimidation, every condemnation, every isolation. Lord, every fear that the devil wants to bring. Lord, that that thing that wants to steal our spiritual breath to spiritually worship, spiritually Pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over that and thank you for your protection and your blood that covers us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you, connect this week. If you have a burden, if you feel alone, share it with people. Be real, be honest, be vulnerable. Hey, because God is for you, then who can be against you? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We love you and we look forward to see you again. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.